This is Peter Franson from SpiritBlade.net. I'm thrilled to share with you this unique look into the origins of the SpiritBlade audio drama trilogy. For more information about these cinematically produced full-cast audio dramas, visit SpiritBlade.net. And right now, prepare to dive into this enhanced audiobook experience as we present SpiritBlade, a novel by Peter Franson. Part 12 You've got to save us, Isaiah, David pleaded. You've got to stop this. Isaiah slowly shook his head, then lifted his arm and pointed to David. The venerated leader's voice filtered into David's mind. No, David, the only has chosen you for this task. Devin Verdict glanced over in confusion before focusing again on the advancing creatures. The others looked on in solemn reverence, guessing that whatever David was seeing was something of divine importance. Isaiah, I can't, the boy cried. I can't do this without you. I'm so tired of doing this alone. You're not alone, David, don't you see? Isaiah said. Then stay with me, David begged him. No, David, my time here is finished. I am not your comforter, Isaiah said soberly. Yeshu is. Give your fears to him. Trust in his judgment. Trust him to care for you as he cares for me. Maximum charge, men, Verdict shouted. The Nephilim were almost on top of them now, snarling and thrashing. Their bodies mutated before the soldiers' eyes, growing nearly twice their original size, sprouting claws and sharp bones. Behind them, six dozen more cylinders flew open as Nephilim came pouring into the room, more than one hundred strong now. Still, the six Atlantis troopers held their ground, preparing for a hopeless battle. The transfer is leaving them temporarily disoriented, but there's just too many of them, Rand said, fishing through his tech belt for something to arm himself with. David started to speak, but found he had nothing left to say. His choice was to either deny the Only's will for his life, allowing the world to suffer a torturous fate, or embrace what he was intended to be, denying himself his own freedom. Isaiah looked on him tenderly. You are loved either way, David. His form faded and vanished as the tidal wave of Nephilim slammed into the Atlantis troopers. Rand jumped for cover and Vincent shielded Ebony as best he could, but the Atlantis soldiers were completely defenseless. Even at their most lethal settings, the troopers' weapons did little to slow the wave of evil that swept across the floor to devour them. Devon Verdict's eyes went wide as he realized the enormity of the enemy he fought. He resigned himself to defeat as one of the creatures leaped above the wave, bearing down on him with flashing claws. No! David screamed in a thunderous voice. The goggles exploded as flashing emerald fire erupted from his eyes. The small boy was immersed in a flood of power that lifted him from the floor and held him suspended in the air by a column of light. How you have fallen from heaven! The voice of the only thundered through him. A bolt of green power flew from David's fingertip, throwing Verdict's would-be killer back across the room. Every Nephilim present froze in witness to this display of sovereignty over demonkind. You've been cut down to the earth! The booming voice continued to resonate throughout the room. You said, I will ascend! I will raise my throne above the stars of God! Howling winds swirled around him and then flew out among the Nephilim, slicing through them like invisible knives, leaving many of them diced to pieces, and others mortally wounded. Still many survived, but feared what would come next. You have said, I will rise above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. 
Visions of horror unfolded as Nephilim were systematically eliminated, some exploding in a misty rain of blood and entrails, others unraveling in strings of muscle and fragments of bone. Jag and Fritz! Verdict yelled in astonishment over the ensuing chaos. Seemingly limitless energies continued to pour out of David, filling the room, causing even his allies to take cover, afraid they may be consumed in the all-powerful wrath of God. But you will be thrust down into hell! David shouted in a rage not his own. The remaining Nephilim screamed in denial and lunged at the boy, only to be consumed instantly by fire the moment they came within arm's reach of him. An ungodly howl erupted from out of nowhere as a portal opened in the middle of the floor. The winds of wrath intensified, gathering the blood and ashen remains of the slain Nephilim, pulling them all into the crackling portal. Into the recesses of the pit! David finished as the final remains were swept into the interdimensional gateway. The portal gathered in on itself and then vanished as though it had never been. The roar of battle had ceased and the room lay almost empty. The light surrounding David faded as he was slowly lowered to the floor again, and the brilliant emerald light spinning in his eyes died to a soft glow before disappearing as well. David collapsed onto the floor, and Ran rushed to his side. David, are you all right? Ran said, lifting the boy up into a sitting position. Yeah, David answered softly. I'm okay. Wait a minute, Devin said suddenly. I know I'm new to this, but didn't you just say that killing these guys here would only leave them free to run around in the other world? He's right, Rand said to Vincent. I saw more than a hundred thousand demons here easily. They're still a serious threat to us. Doubt it, Vincent said, brandishing the hilt of his sword. How long did you say they're disoriented after transfer? Not long, a minute at most, Rand answered, then suddenly became concerned over what his friend might be thinking. What are you doing? You can't take them all on. Don't worry. Vincent said as a portal of light began to cross over his body. I'm expecting some friends. The others watched, dumbfounded, as Vincent disappeared into the spirit world. On the other side, millions of demons lay dazed on the ethereal fields of battle. Above them, two illuminant beings hovered in front of an army of a billion more like them. Shall we now take action? One said to the other. Soon, said his companion. We must wait for our appointed commander. It was told to me that he would lead this battle to its ordained conclusion. Beside them, a brilliant wave of light passed, leaving a man in its wake. Gentlemen, Vincent said, acknowledging his fellow soldiers. Then looking down on the sea of stumbling demons, he smiled and added, Let's take these boys down a notch or two. With a battle cry that could shatter the planet, the untold number of angelic warriors descended on their vulnerable demon prey. Claudius Falcor spun in a cyclone of destruction, kicking, jabbing, and swiping at Merrick, who blocked his every move. A missed punch to Merrick's face pulverized a chunk of the wall behind him, while an errant kick put a large hole in the floor. The room was gradually being torn apart as the two waged war, matching each other move for move. In only moments, the entire lab was reduced to rubble, but still their battle raged on. In the spirit world, both men carried out a simultaneous struggle for dominance, but utilizing the endless powers of Astrum. Do you really think you can keep up with me, boy? Claudius sneered. I've been living in this realm from the beginning of time. His body became enshrouded in obsidian mist that solidified into black, jagged armor. My skill isn't in question here, Nephilim, Merrick replied. Shimmering wisps of Astrum surrounded him in the form of shining metallic body armor. 
With the whirring sound of servo motors, his suit became articulated with biometallic coils connecting every joint. A silver helmet with visor and comm unit snapped into place, completing his impenetrable battlesuit. This battle won't be won by me, Merrick stated. We're in agreement, the Nephilim smiled. Astrum swirled around his hand, arming him with a massive black battle axe. You will be finished by the very power that created you, Merrick said confidently. The Nephilim growled in defiance and swung his axe at Merrick's head. Merrick quickly blocked with an Astrum shield that instantly formed to defend him. With lightning speed, Merrick broadsided Claudius with his newfound weapon and followed through with a jumping kick that sent the demon flying. But even as the creature flew backward, his arms cast out flaming javelins that forced Merrick to duck aside. Lightly, the demon landed upright and bolted back toward Merrick, who leaped immediately back to his feet. No power can save you today, human, Falcor hissed as his axe struck again, met by Merrick's shield. In the physical world, Claudius rammed Merrick, sending them both bursting through the laboratory wall into a meeting room where Merrick found himself pinned to a long, polished oak table. I am the only power you will ever know, Falcor rasped into Merrick's face. Even as he tensed to keep Claudius from his throat, Merrick could sense the entire room around him. He could feel the astrum that lay in place, keeping the laws of physics in check, providing a building block for every object in the room. Guided by the power of the only, he reached out and took control of the astrum and the walls to both sides of Falcor. Stretching out with his mind, he used his newfound control over the powers of creation and caused portions of the wall to reshape and strike out at Claudius in the form of jagged metal shards. Claudius tensed his grip on Merrick and then relaxed as he stood and looked down at himself. Twisted metal spikes stretched out from the walls on both sides of him and punctured his flesh on each side of his abdomen. In a raging fury, Falcor tore at his shirt, ripping it completely from his body, revealing a giant mouth that had grown in his chest, filled with gleaming metal teeth that snapped at Merrick, hungry for blood. The future isn't mine to know, demon, Merrick said between Falcor's swings of the massive axe. You may win this battle today, Merrick brought up his shield in another life-saving maneuver. But one day, you will kneel before your maker. I choose no one as my ruler, the Nephilim shouted, unleashing a hailstorm of burning shrapnel. Merrick jumped into the air, balling up behind his shield as he somersaulted to a landing. The choice isn't yours, demon. With a gesture, Merrick gathered a torrent of astrum that seared into the demon like white fire, burning him to the core, dissolving his armor and sending his axe spinning into the ground. But still he stood. Your power over humanity is finished, Nephilim, Merrick said, walking slowly toward the wounded creature. You think you know what power is, boy, the demon asked, wiping blood from his mouth. It has nothing to do with ruling humanity. Oh, sure, that's been fun, he smiled. But it's not what we are in it for. Merrick kicked aside the Nephilim's dropped axe and stopped a few feet in front of him. <laughs> We're in it to defy him, he chuckled. We could have engineered cloned bodies for ourselves by stealing the tissue we needed. In fact, we only needed the sample from Claudius to make an army of Nephilim that could bring this fallen planet to its knees. Then why go to all the trouble of finding volunteers from Atlantis? Merrick asked. Because, human, the demon hissed in frustration of Merrick's ignorance. In the end, they will be judged for this. Humanity's lust for power will be their own destruction, and they will be without excuse. Among the fallen, there is no greater joy than to see those Yeshu loves turn against him. The Nephilim stood straight and proud, as though preparing to take a final blow. 
So although you may have beaten me, I have already won. Millions of Atlantis employees around the world volunteered for this project in a vain quest for immortality. Millions of lives reaffirmed their rebellion against the only. Ruling the kingdom of man is of no consequence to us. We only wanted to show your precious monarch that his kingdom is finished on this world. The endless clouds of Astrum rumbled in response to the demon's statement, and Merrick firmed his stance. You are fooled, demon, he said with authority. Not by humanity or the only, but by yourself. Mankind will see the truth, and the truth will be their liberator. The truth, as you call it, is gone, the demon snapped. We have taken it from the earth. Wrong, demon, Merrick shouted. Atlantis has locked it away. You and your kind have hidden it in every corner of the earth, but you have not destroyed it. Do you know why? The demon slowly recoiled. Something in Merrick's words left him unsettled. Because of a promise. A promise made to humanity that even the united power of every demon can't break. Fire lanced from Merrick's hand and burned a sentence into the ground. Read, Merrick said, pointing. Read it yourself, human, the demon growled, masking his oncoming fear in anger. A nearby cloud of Astrum burst to life and slammed the demon with a bolt of lightning. The force of the blow hammered the demon into the ground, where he weakly raised his head and yielded to Merrick's will. He looked at the writing in front of him. Read, Merrick said again softly. Through gritted teeth, the demon forced out the words he saw etched in the earth. The word of the only endures forever. And even though it kills you, Merrick said, crouching down near the demon's face, even though every fiber of your being screams out at you to wipe his words from the records of history, you find yourself hopelessly compelled to save them. Merrick shook his head and smiled ironically. You've done more to preserve his words than you've done to destroy them. It doesn't matter, the demon said, regaining his courage through denial. You don't have them. His words are lost to you. Some of them, yes, Merrick conceded, standing. But despite your efforts, we've got a great start. It's only a matter of time before we find the rest of them. He paused for a moment and waited for the demon to look him in the eye. You take victory now, Merrick nodded in patronizing acknowledgement. But the end of this war has already been scripted, he said, as the corners of his mouth drew upward. And the good guys win. The Nephilim shook with anger as his hatred of humanity grew. The truth he and his kind had worked so hard to deny had pierced him to the core, making him feel weak, vulnerable, afraid. His fear infuriated him, making him repulsed by his own weakness. When he could stand it no more, he screamed in thunderous wrath and arose into the sky as columns of fire erupted from his body. The heavens rolled away to give passage to this monstrous creature of darkness. Stretching out his arms, he called to the farthest corners of the universe and gathered every shred of astrum at his disposal. On a nearby battlefield, the army of heaven paused amidst the conflict as warriors of both darkness and light felt their strength leave them. They watched in wonder as their fuel for battle drained from them to join its new master. Throughout all the spiritual expanse, not one created being could ignore the sensation of having their abilities stripped from them and used to serve some dark purpose. In a firestorm of power, the flashing winds of Astrum gathered into the Nephilim with the speed of light, swelling his strength to cosmic proportions. Merrick found his armor and shield evaporating as they too were salvaged for their energies and given to the demon creature. 
The Nephilim's eyes glowed in white-hot fury as he gathered his unspeakable power into a single sphere of earth-shattering energy and sent it hurtling at Merrick. Time seemed to slow for Merrick Vendarius as the forces of destruction raced toward him with apocalyptic intensity. He saw a mixed expression of rage and desperation in the demon's eyes and was almost saddened at the eternal loss this creature had elected to endure. Merrick knew that no one could survive the effects of such a powerful onslaught. The demon knew it as well and began to smile as the power of death careened toward Merrick. But Merrick knew he wouldn't die today. It was the first promise given to him from Yeshu. He was ready to be sure Merrick had found what he'd needed in this world. He'd found purpose and meaning for his life. It had ruined him forever riding more Necro, but he'd determined that it was going out of style anyway. A small price to pay, regardless. Because now he knew the truth is real. More real than anything you can touch. And more than anything, Merrick wanted to give other people the meaning for life that he'd been given. And he would. As the long, dark scythe and its flashing blade appeared in his hand, Merrick wasn't thinking about winning a battle. As it sliced through the astral winds, he gave no thought to the demon facing him. In fact, as the scythe cut through the deadly energy in front of him, scattering it back to the far corners of the universe in an immeasurable display of power, the only thought Merrick Vendarius pondered was whether or not he would spoil his grandchildren. The demon had only the smallest fraction of time to comprehend his end before Merrick followed through with his strike and slammed the long blade of the scythe into the top of the foul creature's head. The last of the Nephilim screamed in agony as a stream of light escaped from him, flooding from the massive wound to his head. Claudius flew backward off of Merrick, ripping through the metal spears embedded in his sides. He continued reeling backward, screaming, as he tore at the open wound now appearing in the physical realm as well. Light flooded from the massive split down the left side of his face, blinding Merrick with its brilliance. As Merrick covered his eyes, the dying Nephilim stumbled into the next room, where a second flash of light ended the chaos and left Merrick catching his breath in a suddenly silent room. Vincent set his face in anger as he stared at the grave by his feet. Rand put a comforting hand on the big man's shoulder. It's all right, Vince, he said. It's not your fault. The wind blew cold, biting at their long coats, warning of winter. Merrick and David joined them from behind and glanced down at the large headstone. I could have stopped him, Vince said bitterly. I don't think you were meant to, Vince, Merrick said softly. I don't think any of us were, not this time. But why? David asked, his anger building as well. This Draxack fakes his death and winds up right at the top of Atlantis again, posing as his own nephew, he said, raising his voice. We're no better off than we started. Shh, Ran hushed nervously, looking around at the others who now drifted away from the outdoor memorial service. We can't help that. We've got to focus on rebuilding the Liberation Forces. Everyone stared at the tomb for a moment, not sure what else to say. Claudius Falcor, Vincent read. Pioneer of a new age. What a load of drack. Don't be too sure, Merrick corrected. What do you think we're up against? The new age that Claudius and the Shada brought to mankind, Ran answered solemnly. For a moment, all four stood in silence over the empty grave. Let's go, guys, David said. This is creepy standing by this thing. The four of them turned and headed back to transport storage. Merrick noticed that Ran's prosthetic arm was missing. What happened to your arm? he asked. Oh! Rand's eyes lit up. I got a new one. 
He activated a switch on his tech belt, and swirling astrum erupted from his shoulder, forming into a glowing, translucent arm. It's an astrum converter, he explained excitedly. It's powered only by energy from the other world. It's a solid light construct that functions just like a real arm, only stronger than any force field emitter and almost twice as durable as xenomite. Hey, watch where you're waving that thing, Vincent yelled, dodging Rand's excited gesture with the deadly appendage. How are things back at HQ? Merrick asked, changing the subject. Good, Rand reported. Devin Verdick and his men have decided to stay. They're making equipment runs to and from the old subway system today. Hmm, Merrick said, a smile spreading on his lips. Unusual allies we're finding these days. Yeah, Rand agreed, chuckling. How was your time in Europe? he asked. Well, I think there's hope for Mariana's followers, Merrick informed him. They just need the right evidence to prove the connection between Mariana and Yeshu. Powerful allies, Vincent added, if they learn the truth. Truth, Merrick thought to himself. Probably the most powerful weapon in the war they waged. It had disarmed the Nephilim and given them the hope they needed to survive to this point. It was what the world needed more than anything right now. How's the search going? Merrick asked Rand. We've upped our text files to almost 55% of the entire document, Rand said excitedly. Merrick sighed, nodding. Maybe we'll be closer now to understanding why I haven't fulfilled part of Isaiah's prophecy yet. What do you mean? David asked, confused. You did it. You helped us stop the Nephilim, and for the last two months, you've been leading us, just like he said you would. Yeah, but he said something else, Merrick answered, shaking his head. He told me that very soon I would wield the spirit blade. Wait a minute. What did you say you took out Falcor with? Vincent asked rhetorically. Sounded like a blade to me, (laughs) and a pretty good one he said in playful envy. For a while I thought I might be using the spirit blade, but my sword never could have done what you did, Mr. Scythe. That's good, David laughed. Merrick Scythe, he proclaimed grandly with a sweeping gesture to Merrick. Merrick smiled faintly, but remained troubled. Yeah, but that wasn't what he was talking about. I'm almost sure of it, he said, puzzled. Besides, he survived. Rand found the shift transporter he used to escape after he fought. The spirit blade seemed to be an undeniably powerful weapon, the way Isaiah said it. I think I might have an answer, Rand said, reaching into his pack. Do you ever leave that purse at home? Vincent teased. Rand pulled out a data pad and began tapping away until he called up the information he was looking for. Here. He gave it to Merrick, who read the screen several times before looking at Rand. This is what he told me the night we met, he said in wonder. Keep reading, Rand urged him. Merrick scrolled down the screen and read the entire passage. We are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world. Merrick scrolled past a section marked as missing and continued what remained. In every battle you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by the evil one. After another missing segment, he read the final words, And take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the only. The spirit blade, Merrick said out loud. The ancient words that the only has left with us, Rand nodded slowly. They're the greatest weapon we have against the darkness of the other world. Rand put his hand on Merrick's arm. And that's exactly what you used against him. Despite all his great power, he couldn't deny the truth of the spirit blade. Merrick smiled thoughtfully and then continued toward transport storage. I'll meet you back home tonight, he said, starting to head in another direction. Where are you going? David asked as he turned away. To pick up Ebony, he answered. Ooh, Vincent said devilishly. Like him fresh out of the wheelchair, do ya? Actually, Vince, Merrick mirrored his evil expression. For the last three of my visits to the hospital, she's been asking about you. 
Vincent turned a deep shade of red as David and Ran ribbed him and laughed. That can't be all she talked about, Vincent said, desperately trying to defend himself. Actually, no. Merrick became more serious. She's been asking me a lot about us. I mean, all of us. Who we are, what we believe. To be honest, I'm surprised she wants anything to do with us after what she's been through. Merrick breathed in deeply and sighed, probing his own thoughts. So, what are you going to tell her? David asked in uncertainty. Merrick thought for a moment about his answer as his glance passed by each of his companions. In all of them, he found unyielding support and trust. He couldn't imagine a better pool of friends from which to start an exciting new life. And he couldn't imagine looking Ebony in the eye and not telling her what he'd found here. Merrick smiled with resolve. What else? he said to David. I'm going to tell her the truth. You've been listening to the audiobook edition of Spirit Blade, written and narrated by Peter Franson, with music by Sound Ideas, Pierre Gervig Langer, and Unique Tracks. To experience the groundbreaking, cinematically produced audio dramas based on this story, visit www.spiritblade.net. Thanks for listening. The future. A world with a quest for truth is a thing of the past. Look, your truth just isn't true for me, okay? The truth does not require your belief. It simply is, regardless of your personal convictions. I think the world's been blinded, Ebony. Everybody claims to be spiritual, whatever the drack that means, but nobody really knows anything about the spiritual world. Merrick, this is crazy. You can't talk like this. And they'll do anything to keep it out of our future. It's Atlantis! They found us again! An alien race has blessed us with amazing technology. Merrick, the world we live in is incredible. While a race of demons destroys who we are. Do you believe in the supernatural, Mr. Vandarius? We shall believe in your blood, humans. <laughs> Brothers, tonight marks the end of our subjection to the only. <laughs> Humanity will be wiped from the map of history. We've traveled across our world and even into another. What we can see with our eyes is of little consequence in the grand scheme of things. It is what occurs in the other worlds around us that should have us concerned. What the press just happened? Was that the, the other world? We've been hunted by humans, aliens, and things I don't have a name for. I'm the future, Vincent. The ultimate life form. There's too many of them. One goes down and three more take its place. All because we're looking for the one weapon that can bring an end to this conflict forever. Give me the sword! A weapon known only as the Spirit Blade. Oh, I can feel its power from here. Oh, yeah. Well, tell me what this feels like. For more information, visit spiritblade.net.